Hello, my name is Patricia Rozvora and you're listening to Kitchen Conversations. This podcast aims to open up the mysterious and vague Eastern Bloc to a broader international audience. For each episode, I'm inviting one artist or researcher and together we explore their relation, interest and urgency to create within the framework of the post-Soviet sphere. For the last episode of Kitchen Conversation this year, I invited Szymon Adamczak, an artist, writer and dramaturg working with theatre and performance, originally from Poland, Poznań, uh, and today based in Amsterdam. Szymon uh, studied history and philosophy at the University of Poznań and graduated from Das Theatre in Amsterdam. He also worked as a dramaturg and programmer of Stare Teatr in Kraków. Shimon is currently preoccupied with fostering an artistic practice within HIV-AIDS field and its cultural, artistic and social-political legacy of the past decades. Today, we will mainly speak about uh, his performance and ongoing song and the research uh, platform Polskie AIDS that he is conducting as part of his residency in Biennale Warszawa. Please welcome Shimon Adamczak. Welcome, Shimon. I'm very happy that we met here in my house. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I really meet because like we met once, I think, in my uh, graduation show. And uh, now uh, we can finally talk. I think back then uh, we didn't talk much, no? Just like... Uh, Hi, I'm also from Poland. <laughs> How are you? This is my graduation. So I'm happy that uh, we can meet. And also because uh, my two last conversations were on Zoom. Okay. So that's also nice to uh, still with weird distance, but uh, it's nice to do it live. And um, yeah, I wanted to start with a question. When people ask you, what do you do in life? What do you usually answer? Oh my, that's a great question, actually. Uh, I often just start saying, hey, I'm just doing things. <laughs> I'm just doing things. Like, uh, of course, these days I would call myself that uh, an artist, that I work as an artist, but uh, uh, for a long time I wasn't because I was uh, self-taught. And uh, only like two years ago, I graduated from actual art academy or like uh, mm. I have like MA, right? So mm -hmm. like now I can say like I have a papers <laughs> that can say that I'm a... Officially, if someone checks, you're an artist. <laughs> yeah, theater maker would be on a, on a, on a paper. Like I, I figured figured it in past years that, for example, like I'm I'm very much satisfied if I do let's say a singular individual project uh, by myself, like maybe every year and a half or two. Like otherwise, I prefer to really be with people, learn from them, collaborate with them, enable some of them, stop 
<laughs> some of them as well. Please don't do it. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and so on. So this is uh, this is uh, this is all. This has been my uh, background actually to to work in a collective as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so back in Poland, you did history and philosophy, right? That was your study. So I was uh, studying and uh, at this. Uh, at this uh, at this uh, academic uh, like this kind of program for liberal arts program so it was it was in polish it's called mish yeah exactly yeah. i wanted to ask because it's like a, quite a american study program no liberal arts i think it comes from the us yeah, it, so. it, it has and on the one hand has quite yeah strong us vibes and the other one it comes back down to to the renaissance i think Okay. Or like it comes, like, you know, people been, but back then, like a university or academia, I think was uh, way more interdisciplinary from the definition. Uh, we have, these days it's way more specialized, uh, I think. But anyway, this program was, uh, what was this program about? Is simply that you are, uh, as a student, allowed to select from the offer of the university. So you go through... Uh, what's the humanities have to offer and you can build your own program. So I had, uh, and you also have a mentor. I, I had two over during mm-hmm. my studies and yeah, so I was combining things. So like my, my, in a way majors were uh, history of art and, and, uh, philosophy and especially contemporary philosophy and theater, like theater studies. All right. And that was in Poznań, right? Yes, this was in Poznań. Are you from Poznań? Yeah, it's my hometown. And then you worked in Stary Teatr in Kraków, right? That was uh, you, you were fully like uh, involved there. You were like uh, doing the programming and dramaturgy. Yes. So uh, like... Yeah, before, before, like I was studying in Poznań and uh, then I... S- a bit dropped my studies, started to, uh, let's say, uh, follow the, the theater and performance direction. Uh, I was, I had this uh, collective that I was working with friends, uh, and we started, I started also to self-produce uh, some work, uh, and I was able to, I, le- I learned to, 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 you know, to circle, to like make it circulate, like to, uh, to I kind of learned this more institutional uh, way of, um, you know, production, understanding also what, uh, what is in a way expected of artists uh, and so on. So I was like for quite a bit, uh, for quite a, quite a time following two, uh, uh, two, these two paths, one that would be artistic and second would be like institutional curatorial and this is how I this is how I ended up at uh, at the National Theatre it's a National Star Theatre okay it's National Theatre in Krakow mm-hmm. and I was really young I was 25 and <laughs> and I uh, and uh, I really smile when I when I think of it because uh, I think it was a really one of a kind opportunity like uh, it's very rare for people this age to work for such a place, unless you are a very talented actor <laughs> or actress. And, but yeah, uh, I was I was lucky to be invited to 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 join the team uh, because uh, uh, 
a curator I was uh, collaborating with. Uh, she was she was someone who was uh, we we're still in touch and we still work actually these days in a different uh, theater. But it's just a really like a long relationship where I was introduced also thanks to this person to the new tendencies in performing arts and I was always. Uh, also coming from Poznan, where we we have a really amazing Malta festival, so mm-hmm. so yes. I, yeah, I so it. I was always like on the one hand, I really was a theater kid. I really been going around the country as a teenager, following like new uh, performances by Pawlikowski, Lupa, Klata, whatever, uh, and just. I become part of, uh, of, I don't know, people who, who follow the scene. But at the same time, I had a very, um, I had this window open. I already knew how things can be different. How can things be made differently? How people from different parts of the world can conceive performance, dance. So on the one hand, I was fluent in the world of dramatic theater, you know, text, actors, uh, you know, strong directing personalities, but at the same time, I was already introduced to more collective work, more democratic work. Uh, political? Political too. This is also how I, uh, how I have been introduced, uh, like how I started uh, to work in, the, in theater in the first place with a friend. We have, uh, we have made a, uh, we have actually made the f- first work that we've, uh, we've done together. His name is Michał Kmetik. Uh, it's a long, long, uh, an old story, but uh, it was really fun that we we applied for for like a young people opportunity and in in a, in a theater at Warsaw, and we were really both into Brecht, <laughs> and so we thought like, okay, let's Brecht has this educational like uh, education pieces called Lehrstück. So there is a Ja-Sager and Nein-Sager, one that says yes and one that says no, and so we decided to juxtapose this uh, the narrative of this educational play uh, with a set of comments uh, comments that we have found under one of the first Polish viral videos in 2011 or 2010, like different era of YouTube, definitely. And this was just like... Um, older lady being very rude to, to, uh, to, to a journalist asking her for political views. She, I think she even beat him up a bit with a bag. And then like for us, it was, you know, this was also this moment that like we as society been also learning about, like, about like different shades of hate speech. I was really, for, for us, it was really fascinating how under this, you know, in a way silly, stupid video like how much of resentment how much of hate how much of aggression how much of you know all this kind of ugly uh things that anonymity in the in the, in the internet can uh, procure uh so we just made a mashup in the form of a concert and that was it we you know didn't really know how to work with actors we just had some ideas of course we've seen a lot of theater before um and this is how it started and then uh it was, I think, nicely received. So then we went, then we made together. Uh, so from from his initiative, we uh, made the made the performance uh, a play that was discussing like uh, Dostoevsky's uh, uh, 
uh, crime and punishment, but through the perspective of uh, housing crisis. So uh, that like in Ras Poland, also, in Poland, right? yeah, yeah, Raskolnikov yeah. as a young student that kills the the grandma because he needs housing and <laughs> and stuff. So this is like this was like now. Of course, I have a way more uh, would have way more. Uh, language uh, to describe all of it than I have now, like precarity, and which is so obvious for many of us these days yeah. as a concept back then. I don't think so, but this was something that I think many people also intuitively, intuitively knew uh, anyway, like that this is also why I was working with a collective with friends. We were like, okay, uh, how, how can we become someone? How, who will give us job? How, how you know, we, 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 I think we were already the, this generation to learn that we have to invent our jobs. For sure. Yeah, exactly. So this was also, I think this kind of line of thought, and this was like, also, there was a really, uh, interesting, uh, flirt and, uh, collaboration with anarchists movement. Uh, this was also, uh, there was a, this was also one of the scenes that we done was very closely inspired by, by occupation of Prasove bar. There was a, a thing that, uh, that a, a group of, uh, Anarchist from a legendary squad in Vilcha was still a very, very, very important place on, on the map of Warsaw. That is in Warsaw. In Warsaw, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it was them. No, I think it was on Vilcha Street, yes. So they, the, one of the uh, this milk bars, uh, this Polish Palmlechny, uh, have been closed. And so they did this uh, impromptu uh a bit situa situation is like situation where they reopened the bar and started to serve meals and the police came and there was like a fight all over it and it was a really interesting moment so so this was my entrance to let's say through this kind of political notion of theater and i think at this very time also uh political theater was also a very much thing in poland of course People were looking up a bit to the German scenes, German theater, but at the same time, uh, yeah, the Euro 2012 was coming. There was Poland, you know, just enter EU several years back. Uh, you know, there was a civic platform in power and not a law and law and justice. It was a bit different, different time, basically. Mm -hmm. So, and different things were possible at the time and different things that was discussed at the time. But anyway, coming back, yeah, so, uh, so the, thanks to, uh, thanks to having this, uh, dual citizenship in a way in the world of theater and more, uh, internationally understood performing arts. This is how I found myself in the national theater. And this was, uh, and this was, uh, yeah, this was a, quite a ride. This was quite a ride. I was working there for two years and the first year was quite difficult for me. I, I moved there. I remember before moving there, uh, I was really broke. <laughs> <laughs> I was quite broke. This was one thing and I was broke and I already got, uh, got, um, invitation or like got, accepted to the school in Amsterdam. So I also, exactly, yeah. so I kind of started this new job immediately knowing that there is a kind of something else, something waiting else, for you. Uh, something else that is important for me. And this was a very uh, strong thing to, on the one hand, uh, the decision, do you want to work on your own 
think uh, on the on practice do you want I also was wanted to learn who who can I become as an artist uh, and I never did a school in Poland any art school and somehow you know I was working in a place that half of the people been teaching at the theater school there and I had you know no theater actual background except of professional experience uh, so this was also quite interesting but no, uh, it was a, it was an interesting time for me. Super nice, but yet you decided to move, right? At some point, so you came to Amsterdam. When was that? Yeah, so I came to Amsterdam in 2016, and this was uh, this was the moment that I think I already gained the trust uh, of the artistic director uh, Jan, and uh, I really liked that he uh, understood that. Uh, I should finish. I should do education like that. This is really important for me as a young person, even if I have this nice job here. Uh, but yeah, I'm young. I really should go. I really should do, do it. And this was, uh, you know, already a lot of justice was in power. So, and this was the last season. Mm-hmm. So I got, uh, I, I, I got, uh, an okay to, to go to, 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 to go to Amsterdam and start my studies. Uh, and I was like negotiating between the school and the theater, my schedule. It was a very <laughs> peculiar uh, experience, of so course. So you still continued working? So I was, I was continuing working. I was coming back each six to seven weeks. Uh, right. But we made sure that before the season started, we really planned it well. So like a lot of work, uh, kind of program work and concept work, what the season should be about. Was done before. Was done before. And uh, I think... The, uh, I think the, the I think that yeah. Now, now when I think that the, the last season was uh, called "This Is Not the End," <laughs> not sure. But uh, like this was this theater was one of the after theater in Wrocław was one of the first institutions who were caught up in uh, in right wing cultural battle. Like the the Jan lost the competition in a, uh, for the director seat in the in the next year. Uh, it was politically charged decision, of course, who uh, who who would get the, this place. Uh, they, you know, they gave the director seat to someone who have not been, let's say, professionally, not been, let's say, neither acclaimed by the professional uh, community, because this was the theater that big, like big personalities of theater would be running like people who also can really lead the team of these actors and really propose certain quality and someone completely from let's say you know different <laughs> background uh, got it which was yeah very very uh, troubling and and this and uh, the, and then that this theater was in crisis for for uh, f- it's still in a way in crisis it was in crisis for three years there's now there's someone new again, uh, but a lot of private, uh, privately motivated businesses, kind of people's uh, a bit, you know, post-Soviet stuff. Like you kind of see the certain set of relationships, family bonds of people who've been working there for decades and had some people had lots to lose. Some people had lots to win. I was just, you know, like one of the latest bricks in a very old wall. So it was easy to leave in a way. But for many people, it has been whole life. So it's very like, 
So quite a sad moment also to... Sad moment, but also just like, I've learned a lot about people and about myself, about the situation of a crisis in a way of changes, like politically motivated changes, how, how people can go different directions than you expect them to, to be. And then you also see who, who have been your ally in the first place, who have never been your ally, actually. Definitely, yeah. And, and so on. So this was a, yeah, maybe, yeah, this was a, but that's, this is why when the, when, the, when the new director was coming, for me it was clear that this, is, this will not be a place where anyone will uh, care for my growth as well as an as a employee or as an artist. So what I've done, I was just like, you know, the end of August, I packed my things, deleted my emails and left an empty desk. Off like if I, <laughs> Like if I was never there. <laughs> and you moved to Amsterdam. And then I, in a way, returned to Amsterdam because so, uh, so last year of theater was the first uh, year of studies. And, and this was very difficult for me to combine those at the end. Uh, I was very unhappy with the, uh, with the, the way that the, f the work at the end of the first year was received. Uh, now, now I, of course, very know, I'm very aware, well aware why, because I just didn't have much time to, 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 to go for it. I, I, I had, I've been doing it very rushed and, uh, that just was very, also the, another learning exercise that like, if you really, uh, that, uh, in school like this, uh, especially like, uh, like Das was, um, you really have to, uh, dedicate yourself to it. You, you, you really have to, like, this is one of like a kind opportunities in your life where you can kind of hide from the market a bit from, from many other things and really just grow. So this was, uh, so this was something that I couldn't really have in the first year because I was working at the same too time. Too busy with, uh, kind too busy of... with everything. So, uh, so yeah, this, this, I really took it to my heart and like really, I really spent the second year fully committed to, uh, to working on, on the, on the performance to work. And then also HIV happened. So this for me a bit, uh, life turning moment that like, shit, I lost job. Uh, I have HIV. I have no insurance. What's going on? What should but I do? But you were in Amsterdam. That's and I was in Amsterdam already. Saved you. Can I say that this way? That like living here is, uh, I guess, way better than living in Poland in that case or? Not sure. In a way, this was, uh, this was definitely a point of no return in a way <laughs> for me. I was like, okay, uh, you know, I, I remember myself like being really, uh, vulnerable and being really, uh, uh being really, uh, it was just difficult, you know, to, to, you know, to, to come, you know, I'm, I'm coming definitely from a working class family context and, you know, all this kind of, uh, you know, being, living in a foreign country, uh, doing things like this, it's, you know, very not obvious. So like, I really had to support myself, and uh, in, in most of my, of, of my life in a way. So, so, you know, I was like, shit, like, will I be able to make it through? Will I be able to complete this school? I've, you know, uh, really 
not only wanted wanted this, but I really like worked the years in order to be here. And now, like this, I can just uh, drop out. So, the, but of course, this was just also very much of like a like, hey man, you have to have a plan. Wake up, do things. Like you will get through this. So this also what what what, what this whole situation ignited. I was just going through this. <laughs> and your practice really turned in a very specific uh, direction, right? Yes. I think since that moment uh, when you got diagnosed? Yes. Uh, this is, uh, in a way I was already prepared for this, what happened as well, because like uh, after moving to Amsterdam, already, uh, also being in this setup where among my colleagues, uh, who who were you know people from different parts of the world with the, from different cultural backgrounds and all of us appear in Amsterdam with you know years of experiences in many forms of art and the context is disappeared you know the context we've been usually operating the people we knew the collaborators we have the audience we present to they are gone it's just you know fancy art school you know, of course, with a nice tradition and stuff, but for many, for some of us, definitely it was really like, not a shock maybe, but definitely it was a new reality that really demanded a lot of us to understand uh, it, but also we all been in effort to, you know, explain ourselves to and make ourselves known to other people. But this is also this moment, right? When you, when you migrate and you kind of, uh, you just change because you, you, using a different language, you phrase yourself differently. Uh, you, yeah, you're becoming uh, someone else than you were. That's as simple as that. Definitely. Yeah. So this is why on the, I've already been exploring a bit of, uh, yeah, think topics and things that have been very close, uh, to me, like, uh, uh, a bipolar a depression uh, that is in my family, uh, certain kind of political uh, implication of uh, of it. Uh, you know, so I was already digging, let's say, within close myself, within you, yeah. my close kind of circle. I was distancing myself to Poland. I started to see, of course, Poland in a different different light, myself in a different light. So this is how also HIV found me. I, I was very much in period of searching, um, uh, searching of uh, who who can I become and so on. But uh, HIV in the, uh, was also in a way grounding me a lot. It was like, okay, man, okay, Shimon, you are uh, you are HIV positive person. It's a strong identification, and. And this was a whole, also how this whole journey was also started. I, w I just wanted to understand, okay, so now I'm a person with HIV. What does it mean? What does it mean to be HIV positive? Like, does anything else from my background, uh, that I'm Polish, that I'm uh, gay, or today I would rather say more queer than gay. It's also interesting how this also ch is changing. Um, like, what... what what is this uh, body capable of? What this body can do or cannot do? Uh, do I feel comfortable with this body? And, uh, and uh, what is my whiteness, maleness have to do with it too? So all of this, you know, 
political concepts or just this, all those concepts uh, started to uh, be more present than been uh, usually. And HIV in a way as a placeholder was a, a prism that I could uh, look at myself more. So it was, um, that's why it also, I think, uh, I started also to understand it as a sort of a companion, as a sort of a companionship that, that you have, that there is you and there is a virus and you're together in a, a certain kind of relationship. And this is, uh, this is how it started. Mm-hmm. That's what your work is all about, right? The ongoing song about this connection and this relation and uh, starting to kind of understand each other and live with each other in a, some kind of symbiosis. Yeah. Would you say that? Yeah, yeah. This is definitely like an account of certain process of uh, becoming, understanding, growing. Uh, there's some... Uh, there's some understanding of it that, uh, yeah, what kind of entanglement uh, I'm finding myself in, what is this um, relationality all about. And and I'm very happy that also this work definitely captures a certain moment of, uh, I would definitely say say it as a, like becoming uh, HIV positive because of course from like let's say medical or scientific point of view you are HIV positive because the virus is in your system but I find it also a whole a whole psychological and uh, societal thing also to also acknowledge this position of being HIV positive so like like what kind of rights I maybe not have, that I have to have uh, uh, insurance. I have to care, take, build my life so I, I can have insurance. And maybe then I will, you know, not go to a certain country because, you know, I might be not welcome. Uh, and of course, I'm a white guy uh, in Western Europe, like it's... After all, it's easier for me. You know, there are people who have not access to medication. So at the same time, you also really see yourself among all those millions of people who have HIV before you and will have after you. So you're in a, you're within it. You're somewhere in this landscape uh, of experiences, and you have, of course, a particular one. But there's just so many that that you are learning when you are getting to know people and different people with HIV and. Uh, and so on. So, and yeah. Yeah, maybe here um, it's a go- good moment to uh, also note that uh, I also don't know much about HIV and AIDS. And actually the most I learned was uh, in preparation for this talk. So I also take it as a educational moment for myself and I think for a lot of people who are not so informed. And I think like... It really like HIV, I think, existed somewhere in the general, in the kind of common understanding in the 80s and 90s as a epidemic. Epidemic, yeah, can mm-hmm. I say that? And then it kind of disappeared from the public uh, conversation, right? But it's really not like this. And I think that's why it's uh, really nice to talk about it. And I really love that you talk about it through art and that you're so open also to talk about it and to answer questions because I think there's also a lot of misconceptions about what what it is, what virus it is. And yeah, 
Can you talk a little bit about that? Like what are some kind of misconceptions or what people usually imagine it is and what it really is? And It's very, 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 very specific that uh, like historically, like especially the minorities have been, uh, you know, addressed that they are the carriers of uh, of uh, of HIV that that they that this is their problem like this is the thing that the let's say the the, the straight majority let's say would uh, would uh, assume things would assume things but this this is uh, also it that like the HIV as a the pandemic of HIV because we are still in a way in a pandemic of HIV not only in corona that uh, it has been also changing a lot and it's this is what we know today that this of course has have certain historical implication has you know the crisis of uh, of AIDS in the 80s and in the 90s before the the function the medication that was working was really immense so many uh, people's lives it claimed but it has you know also become became very much a problem of everyone or not only of you know minorities and uh colored communities uh communities of color but uh, uh but of everyone basically and but this is it that uh, so what happened with uh, hiv and aids it's also uh, interesting from if we look at biotechnological innovations right like so in 96 we have a functioning medication right that saves lives so this is a, this is the question like who who will get it first who will have access to this medication and this is also of course the moment that we see more and more the uh, the the way that neoliberalism is changing our life so so you know what happened with HIV that okay then global north uh, has access to, to to treatment and the there is a certain burnout of activism that uh, that uh, that happens in this time as well uh you know like definitely uh, it's no you know the certain certain goal has been achieved in a way like we have something that will save many lives but it's not also true that activism has stopped so many people uh continuously been working through this time and are working till today uh but like, like to to simplify, yeah, this is this moment that after '96, there is this some sort of a silence that uh, that is uh, that is happening, and a uh, and a uh, and a friend uh, friend of mine and a uh, and someone I really admire as a think, HIV thinker, uh, Ted Care uh, from from New York, uh, has coined some um, understanding of it as that you know. Of course, very much re relevant to US, but that the 80s as the first silence that the majority, the political power is not replying, uh, is, not, is, uh, is indifferent. The second silence, uh, it being the period after 96, where HIV and AIDS disappears from the public conversations, in a, in a way disappears from a community level because it has become individualized. It's my problem. If I'm sick, I need to get care. Uh, it's not like... We are all in this together. It's less of us in this together, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, this is what happened. And then from like 2008 and further until maybe today, almost till today, Ted caused this past decade an in, uh, in AIDS crisis revisitation that we revisit, uh, like the, there's a 
um, cultural effort or like effort in production of culture that uh, not only disseminates uh, information about uh, the the AIDS crisis, but but try to reapproach it to see how you know it's not only white gay men, right? It's so many other people who have been whose lives have been claimed by the epidemic, who, who mattered, in the, and whose voice we. You know, there was no space for this voice. Wasn't heard enough. It wasn't heard enough. And one of the interesting example could be also the show Pose, right? I don't know if you saw that. I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, you know, uh, there are reenactments of act up actions made by uh, performers who would rather not be, who were not there uh, uh, back then in the nineties. So they imagined like who's missing in this. In the in this collective, uh, but this is also very important that uh, this past decade also like allowed us allowed for a certain kind of distance to to really see the epidemic, or the pandemic of HIV as a really large event, like in a way a hyper object one would say, or just something so large and so changing so many lives so many like changing the way we see science changing science changing the relationships between patients and doctors between families like it's just such a huge event that has happened and we see it in a way now with uh, so so clearly with uh, the emergence of coronavirus right like how that a virus can really reshape the world definitely and now coming back again to uh, your practice as an artist, uh, I would like to ask you some questions about your uh, video, uh, Sugar for the Pill. Mm-hmm. Um, you were showing it uh, uh, in an exhibition in Poznań, but it was uh, recorded uh, in 2017, so some years ago. And it was a very private uh, way of filming, like just shot uh, by your partner, I think, right? Uh, of um, yeah, recording the moment of you taking the first HIV medication. I thought it was very uh, beautiful because it was really not uh, staged. I think it was just like recording the moment for yourself and I think for your partner. And uh, yeah, I wanted to, to ask you if you saw this video as an artwork was it just for your archive what was the intention of it and yeah uh to clarify first so uh it's uh it's the person who's there is not my partner it's uh, a lover uh who uh i found myself entangled with uh me my partner and uh and him and this was someone who uh as himself HIV positive, and this was uh, I have been really lucky to have support uh, and support in this initiation in a way by uh, by by a fellow HIV positive person. But yeah, uh, this video uh, has been uh, rather a private uh, effort in a way. It was just a moment to to document this uh, very symbolic rite of passage because, uh, you know, once you take this medication, you shall never stop taking it. Uh, so in a way, this is uh, a confirmation uh, for you. And like, yeah, this is it. This is how it's going to be from now on. So 
of course, I, I made it a bit balladramatic, maybe. <laughs> but there was a cookie, there was some vodka involved. <laughs> yeah, it was a ceremony. And I ceremony, think, yeah. I think it was, Ritual. for me, was in very much this time. And this is also something that they really carry with me. Uh, you know, you know that something important and something, something big is happening in your life. And I just wanted to, uh, find a right, uh, way of being present to this, you know, I, that, that's why I thought it's like, let's make a ceremony. Let's make a little celebration. Let's, uh, let's remember this basically like, because I was at this time, at this time struggling a lot with this, you know, this people saying, or like voices I've heard. Yeah. Like it's just one pill, right? You, you just, you know, this whole HIV thing is just taking a pill a day. Problem is, you know, rendered, uh, unimportant, not, not that in one, like one pill a day takes a problem away, huh? I'm like, no, but this pill means so much, like so much of uh, information, cultural, societal and whatever information is behind this pill. So, so this is it. This is, uh, this is why, this is why I, I did it. And it was more of a private archive and it was a bit impromptu. Um, there, you know, it was in a way, of course, a conscious decision to, 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 to do it, uh, because this was also the moment I started to work, uh, on the performance and I was documenting a lot, a lot of, uh, of very mundane things as well. Like I, I have documentation of my first visits to the hospital of my, uh, male nurse who was two meter, five centimeters tall. And uh, typical Dutch, <laughs> typical Dutch, lovely, lovely, lovely person. I want to, uh, I hope, I hope he's well. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, but this was the, you know, uh, over the first year of making us of ongoing song of the almost a year of the, the of working on this product this performance and going through this process i've made several thousands of pictures many of myself i was really like you know trying to document what's happening what's missing and this is also it that you know uh you know it's not like my in, uh infection would progress it's other way around like my function infection is stopped and kind of controlled i'm becoming undetectable i'm not developing lesions i'm not uh, my body's not decaying i'm not going to dementia you know like of course this would be not happen so fast it would be like a longer yeah. process but it's a it's a rather a, a way towards uh, your betterment your uh, but yeah, this frantic, almost like a subconscious need to document everything that's going around you to see if you're really present, who's this person? Mm -hmm. uh, is it me? It's, it's a really interesting, uh, process, a uh, very subconscious process. And, uh, and yeah, so this, this video was something that, uh, was not of course originally meant to be presented as, uh, as artwork. But this was with this video first, I was communicating with people. So, uh, by showing this video to my colleagues at school, this is how I, I told them I'm HIV positive. Through this video. Through this video. So you didn't say it, but you showed the yeah. work. And I also offered them cookies and vodka. And this was happening, you know, this was really just, uh, happening. I was like, okay, I did it. Hmm. I have to have present something in two weeks in school. Okay. I have it. 
All right. So like from uh, so for one year you said you were kind of documenting your your every day and then from all this material you you started working on one performance piece and the ongoing song and um could you like if people ask you what is it about? Well, how do you define it? Because I think there is like a lot of reviews being written about it. I read also a lot. But I th- I'm curious, like, what is it for you about or what did it give you? Something that, uh, thank you, uh, something that I, definitely from a perspective of time, I think this was a therapeutic work for me. This was, uh, this was a challenge for myself as well. Like, I have not been trained to be on stage. And I find a way to uh, be on stage uh, with uh, with someone I also felt comfortable with. Billy, right? With Your Billy. partner? Yes, mm-hmm. and this was also really... Dance partner or performance partner? Yeah, it's, it's a partner on so many levels in this. Of course, he's not my life partner. He's not my, mm-hmm. he's not my boyfriend or something, but he has... Uh, like only from a perspective of time, I can really appreciate the whole labor of care, of support and solidarity that the, uh, this uh, the, this uh, artist gave me. Uh, not only he, you know, you know, I, I barely knew him when I invited him. I just liked him. I felt like he was a new student in school. I was like, oh, this guy is interesting. Like he's also a bit weird. Uh, you know, we, we we are both a bit geeky. Uh, we wear shirts. Uh, that are somehow similar and you know he's from US he, he he knows about Cantor I was like hey man like do you want to be my HIV virus because I was just diagnosed <laughs> you know like and he was saying yes of from course. the start he, he was immediately up for it you Intrigued. know and he was so ready and he was so available because he was also in school this is why this relationship was so close and he has been patient to see me struggle with something being so slow sometimes or too fast with other things so this is like really a beautiful process and i really I really I really, really uh, enjoy his also the specific skill set that he has, like the, um, mathematics, ac- acrobatics, uh, attention work, physical work, uh, this specific uh, franticness and this position that he has, and energy energy that he carries. Uh, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't think of anybody else who, who in a way, could. Uh, signify uh, HIV virus um, like he could. Uh, so for me, this uh, work has become a lot uh, through, through time uh, as a document of friendship, as a, you know, a way of taking risks, showing how people take risks, what kind of relationships they are. I was, you know, in this performance world, HIV appears once. Uh, I often didn't even put it in the credits, uh, or maybe I should credit HIV, <laughs> you know, as a credit, this would be funny. Uh, we, we were also all the time discussing it. Like he was very much so my, uh, Billy, the, the, the performer, he was like, you should really, uh, make sure this work is about HIV because this work is about HIV, you know? But this work is about HIV and so many other things that HIV is about or life is about. So yeah, for me, this is a definitely, a, this work is a certain kind of vehicle, vehicle. Uh, you know, this is a kind of work that I could play in 10 years again, 
you know, I could totally revisit this work with this guy. Like, this is what I love about this performance. It's very special, yeah. That is yeah, like timeless. That this really marks certain moments of, of your life and that you want to give to others. And this, the, I think the, the, the most reaffirming uh, comments I got once after the show, I think it was actually in Poznan, uh, a, a girl, like, I think she was like 20 in her early twenties approached me and she's like, she thanked me for, for this work saying that now she understand what her friend went through. And this was for me was a wow. At this point of our conversation, Shimon and I took a little break to get some fresh air. I invite you to do the same. Maybe have a walk, have a coffee, do some stretching. And we meet again for part two to hear more of the fascinating stories from Shimon Adamczak. <laughs>